Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout Podcast, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now, your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangout. Today, we are hanging out with homeopath Sarah Scott. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Nice to be it's here. Such, it's such a pleasure. Um, you've really gotten dumped into this interview because we just met yesterday for the first time ever. And as we were chatting, I was like, oh my gosh, we have to have you on the podcast because you have some very cool stories to share. And um, I have a feeling we're going to be working together in the near future. So I had to get you on because um, also because of your very cool accent, I can listen to the Irish accent all day. <laughs> So, um, tell us about your journey. How did you discover homeopathy? Um, My journey started actually before I realized it started with homeopathy. So, um, when I was 17, I was back in Ireland. I was filling out my college application forms. And I always knew I wanted to go into a helping profession. And I was really interested in health. Biology was always my favorite subject in school. I was kind of obsessed with how the human body could work and just sort of the magic of it all. And um, I was filling out my forms and I thought, okay, I'm going to either be a midwife or I'm going to be a nurse. A midwife was my number one choice. I just loved pregnancy and birth stories and all of that. So I thought I'm definitely going to be interested in that. I think I'd love to study it. And my dad, who um, he was a traveling lecturer with a practical philosophy school and he used to go all around the world and he was away for about six weeks in South Africa. And while he was there, he met a homeopath who came to one of his lectures. And he was talking to him afterwards. And this man um, over in Durban in South Africa, he said, he sort of told him that he was a homeopath and what he did. And he explained a bit about homeopathy. And my dad spent a week with this man and just thought, oh my goodness, this is absolutely what my daughter Sarah needs to do. So in my uh, dad's true fashion, he came back with knowing all the answers and I hadn't a clue. And he came back and he said, I really think that this is something you need to look into. I think you'll love it. I think it'll really harmonize with your life and the way you are. So I looked into it. I thought, why not? Um, It sounds interesting. And um, I said, I'd give it a go for um, a year. And if I really didn't like it, I'd come back home um, and I'd continue with Midifree. So I put my Midifree on hold for a year, went over to London and started the course. And it was the first lecture. I think I was about an hour into the first lecture. And um, I just thought, no way am I coming home after a year. This is it. I have found it. I didn't have to do any of the pre-work. I didn't have to find it myself. It was found for me. It's just amazing. And when I was talking to my um, family about it, I realized actually over the years since I was a child, my mom had always been supporting us with homeopathy in the background, but we just didn't know what it was. We would just be given these magic little bottles of pills to take. So we'd get like Belladonna or Aconite or Nux Vomica. All our friends knew that we were always the ones in school that had the magic pills that would make your tummy feel better or your cold disappear. But we didn't know it was homeopathy. We didn't know what it was. We just knew that it was there and it always helped. So I've actually always had homeopathy in my life, but I didn't realize it until I was in university. What a cool story. And just before we started, you revealed that your sister is now a midwife. So that dream is still staying in the family. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and she's a very natural midwife and Aww. she uses homeopathy and brings it into her practice as well. So it's great. Oh, beautiful. And you are a very rare specimen in that most 
homeopaths usually start much later in their life, you know, 30s, 40s. I just came off the back of an interview with Susanna Shelton, who's the director of the College of Natural Health and Homeopathy in New Zealand, and she says her oldest entrance was 83 years old. So you were oh, only wow. 17, right? Yeah, I, so I enrolled, very young. Yeah, I enrolled when I was 17. I started mm-hmm. just after my 18th birthday. There was wow. two of us that were 18 in mm-hmm. the course. So we did um, a Bachelor of Science in London um, with homeopathy as the focus. And uh, yeah, there was only two of us that were 18. And out of all of us that started the course, there was there was about half of the class that managed to make it to the end. And I was the only one sub 30 that got to the wow. end. Yeah. Wow. And you have a true com- commitment to advanced professional development. So you didn't just finish there. You went on to do lots of other training as well. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I became obsessed with homeopathy after that first lecture. And, <laughs> Tends to um, happen. <laughs> yeah, it's an expensive habit, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just absolutely fell in love with it. So as soon as I, w- I think before I finished, I was looking for my next course. Um, and there was a few people from my course that went on to study with Jeremy Sher in England and um, and I went on to do his two-year postgraduate course, which was just phenomenal. I've never done anything like that. It's absolutely amazing. You get such a rich experience from all of his talents. Like He, he brings in a lot of other modalities. He has um, a wide range of interests and he brings in all that experience into the postgraduate course. Mm-hmm. It's a really phenomenal um, learning experience. So it's really amazing. And after that, I went on to um, over to Bologna in Italy and studied with um, Massimo Mangiliavori. Yes, I, I, you phenomenal. see me going green with envy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was wow. That was incredible. And even the setting, like I think back now, going how how was I so lucky in my early twenties to be doing this? We we it was held in a monastery up in the hills in Bologna. The monks that worked there used to make us our breakfast and lunches and just incredible, absolutely incredible. Wow. Really amazing. And then after that, I went back to Ireland, moved home, and I did um, a postgraduate course with the Irish School of Homeopathy there. Okay. Is there a place in the world you haven't (laughs) studied with? (laughs) Well, if there is, I might go and find it. (laughs) You know, I just, when you say that it's an expensive hobby, uh, I was going to say nothing is actually as expensive as being sick. And at least with homeopathy, I always feel like any little, any dollar you spend on investing on learning about homeopathy is a dollar less that you spend on trying to cure yourself when you get sick. Because um, using that preventative health and getting onto things really quickly with homeopathy, Mm -hmm. you know, when the symptom rear its head, we can use the remedy straight away. That's a signal for us that our vital force is out of balance. So instead of suppressing that signal, we know to give a remedy to help our vital force to heal itself um, so that the body doesn't have the need to express that symptom anymore because it's back into into balance. So I just wanted to say it's money well spent. Oh, completely. And um, I actually, I was thinking the other day about um, how often do I go to other health practitioners? Like, do I go to a doctor? I was trying to think the last time I had been to a doctor and I think it was just to have a form filled out. I think I've mm-hmm. been to, I, I haven't been to a doctor. So I've been in Australia for eight years. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to a doctor about a health reason at all since I've been to this country. Amazing. And my, my children have once for getting their heads stitched. Mm-hmm. 
Amazing. And uh, I, I was the same. I went a little while ago for a blood test. But before that, I hadn't been to a doctor in 12 years. Mm. And I had to also really just sit and think about it. I was like, wow, it's been 12 years. But, you know, I actually think that we're being incredibly responsible because we are not putting a, any pressure on the mm-hmm. on the medical system. You know, Medicare yeah. is not spending a cent on yeah. any of us. We're actually saving the government money. So I think we should actually get like a um, subsidy. Hey, yeah, we'll get a rebate. <laughs> yeah, a rebate for being so healthy. Yeah. <laughs> It's brilliant. And I love to know that it's there. Like if we ever need it, I love to know that it's there and it's a beautiful system here. But of course, I'm so grateful that I don't actually need to use it. I always say that, you know, my son bashed open his eyebrow. Uh, Mm. I I use that example so often. Mm. So people that are regular listeners to this podcast are going, oh, she's talking about that again. (laughs) But because my kids are never sick, I have to use the example of the injury. But he had to go to hospital. He had to get stitches. No amount Mm. of homeopathy was going to fix that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. But then saving that for like the real emergencies is, um, yeah, great. And just taking that pressure off the medical system. You know, you see the doctors and the nurses, I I have some of them as clients, and they're so stressed because they're so busy. So if we can do anything to help relieve some of that pressure, then why wouldn't we? Yeah, especially now while we're, so in Melbourne, we're in a pretty heavy lockdown and it's not easy to get into doctors at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's not, um, a lot of GPs aren't taking on new clients Mm -hmm. and it's actually not that easy to, um, to source the help if you need it. So it's it's really great to know that there are other options, that, you know, we have a, a kit full of things that can help people with whatever it is that they need help with, but there's support there available. So mm-hmm. it's really great. Now, I happen to know in the very short 24 hours that we've known each other <laughs> that you have a passion for babies' birth and beyond. So can you tell yes. us why and what is it about it that you like and maybe some cases that you'd like to share? I like that name as well, Baby's Birth and Beyond. <laughs> <So> yeah, <laughs> you're welcome to. <laughs> um, well, so I'm a mom of two kids, two gorgeous kids. And um, I think my um, interest in babies and birth started with my older sister um, back in Ireland. She has three gorgeous children. And um, I was very present in her life when... Um, when she was having the children, when she was pregnant. So I got to sort of, through her, got to experience a little bit of what she, what was happening for her. And it was while I was studying homeopathy. So I really got to help support her towards the end when things were getting a bit rough and, you know, she wasn't feeling so great. And um, it just, seeing what it could do just gave me this such a, it was so, it was just like the spark of joy that you could see that you could relieve this, you know, it could be pelvic pressure or nausea or whatever it is that there's discomfort sometimes when you're pregnant and, you know, you're you're supplying a life source for another being and that can take its toll sometimes. And just to witness what homeopathy can do, how it can support someone through that, I just, I just sort of became obsessed with this. I just loved it. I thought it was so amazing. It was so quick because the vital force can be so strong during pregnancy and labor and all that and when I then became pregnant I just it just kept growing I just I wanted to I I saw what it could do I saw how you could um really have a different kind of birth to the stories I had grown up hearing and seeing in movies and what it could be like and this sort of very trauma-based story and I just I really wanted something different for women I wanted um women to feel empowered that they could have a birth that they were really happy with that like all sorts of things can happen during birth and 
um, all sorts of things don't have to happen as well. And I think um, I just wanted to be able to help things not go wrong if possible. You know, I, I wanted to support women to be um, as in power in their birth as they could be mm-hmm. and just really own it because mm-hmm. I think... I don't know, it, it may be growing up in Ireland. I'm not sure if it's been the same over here, but um, there's, a, there's a push for women not being as involved in mm. their pregnancy and their birth. And it's almost considered a condition rather than mm. it's a normal part of life. And it doesn't have to be an ailment. So I just really wanted to be on the positive side of that. So I, I really enjoy um, supporting healthy pregnancies as well as ones that need extra support. But mm. just allowing women to really flourish in pregnancy and mm. um, it not be a traumatic experience. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Sarah, so often uh, people say, oh, I didn't know that I could use homeopathy for this or that. And I was wondering, can you maybe give us some specific examples of how we might use homeopathy even preconception, during pregnancy, birth and beyond? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, homeopathy can be used in any stage. Um, mm. Before uh, conception, preconception stage, it's so great to just be clearing away any layers that have built up from whatever's happened in life. We all have conditioning in life, whether that's environmental conditioning, emotional conditioning, from how we were brought up, the environments we live in. There's so many factors that get sort of built up in our systems. And mm. homeopathy is just so great at supporting the clearing of that. So detoxing before conception is a phenomenal way to start Mm. um, a pregnancy journey because you're starting it with such a clear space and you're not going to be passing on those um, built up toxic either emotions or actual toxins or whatever Mm. it is. You're not going to be passing them on through the pregnancy to the next generation who will then need to clear them. So if you're able to do the work beforehand, that's that's absolutely the best start you can do. If you don't do it before pregnancy, you can clear things during pregnancy. If things come up, I had a patient, um, an acute client recently who came, she really wanted a home birth and um, she had uh, placenta previa and the placenta was very low lying across the cervix and she was told, there's no way you're going to have a home birth. That can't be supported um, here because it's, it's not safe, which is a fair assessment and um, she was late in the pregnancy and was told it's not it's now at a stage where it's not the placenta is not going to move so you need to be prepared to have this um this birth in hospital and mm-hmm. it may end up as a cesarean mm-hmm. she came to me for some homeopathic support and um, based on the symptoms she presented with she got sepia mm-hmm. and um i think it was 10 days later she had another scan the placenta had moved. She had the home birth that she wanted. I was bowled over by how fast that responded. But it just shows that if you get the right remedy and the right potency at the right time for the right person, homeopathy can work miracles. Like it's just, it's phenomenal what, what it can do. And then Absolutely. after birth, like during labor, it's incredible because the vital force is so strong. You can see remedies working and supporting really fast, like lightning fast. And then afterwards with babies, you know, learning how to latch properly and breastfeeding issues and all of that support and the care for mom after, you know, quite an exhausting experience. It's just it's 
it's I always think it's a bit like a hug after after labor you know like Aww. it really just supports the mother and the baby mm. yeah I think it's Beautiful. incredible I love how you said about the detoxing beforehand I think that's crucial mm. and I know you're getting into the bowel nosodes and mm. I really love using the bowel nosodes before a woman is pregnant or especially during pregnancy now the bowel nosodes are homeopathic remedies that are made from different gut bacteria I I call them homeopathic probiotics. They're not, but that's just so that people can understand sort of what they are. And especially with clients who have a huge history of candida and things like that, if we can clear some of that before they give birth, because as the baby is coming through the birth canal, it's picking up the mum's gut flora. So if we're able to clear some of that and take some of the load off mm. and just have really good gut flora for the mum, vaginal flora, then when the baby's being born, it's just got to let better a set level that it's starting life at hey yeah and mm. also if if um if the baby is born via cesarean section and doesn't get to travel through the birth canal and doesn't get all that beautiful flora that helps it develop its own gut flora mm. then the bowel nosodes can really support with that whether it's through breastfeeding or um mm. with the baby itself absolutely yeah. and um something else that i think think that people often might think oh homeopathy can't help because I told you that's one of my little it's a pet peeve it's not really because I I never knew that homeopathy can help with everything and literally it can help with everything so whenever somebody says oh I didn't know you could use homeopathy for that I'm like of course you can so group b strep that's something that a lot of mums stress about especially Mm. if they're planning a home birth and then they get the test and it comes back saying you're positive for strep and Mm. it can be devastating for a mum who had a heart set on a home birth and I have had a handful of cases now where we have turned a positive B uh, strep B testing into mm. negative the oh, quickest beautiful. was just uh, just uh, maybe a month ago mm. and the mum said look I've got B strep uh, strep B um, I have to get this turned around in a week I said to her I don't know if we can do it in a week I really need more time but mm. here's the remedy it's not going to hurt she had the test five days later it came back negative oh, so wow. even using homeopathy for that and she was able to have her home birth how cool mm. is that and that's it. That's, it's about doing everything possible to give women the births that they want. Mm. And whatever that looks like for the women, not everyone wants a home birth, not everyone Absolutely. wants a water birth, you know, not everyone goes for the ultra natural, natural um, style mm. birth. You know, some people want to have a birth in hospital. Mm. Some people choose cesareans. And that's, ap- I, I just think supporting the woman's choice, but giving her the best shot of having what she envisages as the best birth for her, I think is... A really crucial role as practitioners and homeopathy can just give that extra support to sort of clear away any of the other messes that can get involved in it. Hmm. I couldn't agree with you more because if you have a empowered mother coming out of that birth holding her baby and feeling strong in herself because she got the birth that she wanted then everything flows on so much easier from that. You have an empowered mother instead of an anxious mother. So the breast milk is going to come in easier. She's, you know, the baby's not going to pick up on her stress. Everything just flows yeah. and um, just makes, makes it so much easier. Unfortunately, with the birth scene in Australia, I'm sure most of the rest of the world as well, that's not what we see many of the time. And a lot of our clinic time is spent treating um, post, uh, 
postnatal depression. Mm. Um, Hilary Dorian says that actually a lot of postnatal depression is actually misdiagnosed as actually post-traumatic stress. Mm. And I couldn't agree with you more. So these women are coming out of their birth. It wasn't what they'd hoped it would be. And they're traumatized by the experience. They get slapped with the label of postnatal depression, but actually it's post-traumatic shock because of what they have just gone through because they weren't empowered and they weren't supported and their birth wishes weren't listened to. So um, yeah, and homeopathy can help with that as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a huge area. I think um, my first birth wasn't um, quite as I had wanted it to be. My second birth was much closer. And um, if I was ever lucky enough to have any future children, I'd do it differently again. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, still have, um, I still have moments of thinking about what happened during the birth. And it wasn't anything too traumatic or anything, but it, it, it wasn't quite what I had agreed to. And there was a few things that I didn't agree to that happened. And mm. I think that's that's often ignored because um, a lot of people, they, they slap the sentence on, but at least you have a, ha- a healthy baby at the end of it. And as if that makes everything disappear. It, it certainly makes a lot of things disappear. And it is what you want at the end of it, of course. And, you know, if you're to list your priorities and your values set in that moment, the healthy baby at the end of it is going to be the top priority. But if you have had some level of trauma during the labor or um, the birth process, that's going to stay with you until it's healed. So there Mm -hmm. are different ways of healing it, but homeopathy can really support and get, you know, it can get right into the root of that. Mm -hmm. And if trauma is not healed, it will show itself in one way or another at some point Mm -hmm. in your life. So if I, I would recommend homeopathy after even the great birth, I would say, you know, there's always a level of care that can mm. um, come in after that because there's going to be, you know, you're, you're now, after you've given birth, even if everything's gone beautifully, you're now hopefully supplying a milk supply for the child. You know, you're nourishing this baby. If you're bottle feeding, you're still nourishing this baby with your body. You are still their life support. The fourth trimester mm. is a huge part of the whole pregnancy journey. And I think that fourth trimester can sometimes get neglected. You know, the time when the baby is out of the womb and now with the mother, it's such a delicate, such Mm. a delicate balance and such a delicate time for the two of them. Like there's so many um, indigenous cultures that it's the mother and baby and maybe the grandmother, you know, that go off Mm. by themselves and they really just connect and bond. And Mm. um, we don't do that a lot in modern Mm. society. And I think... We can miss out on an awful lot, but if we can in- include some other supportive measures, if that's not practical necessarily in modern society, if we can include some other practical um, supportive measures in the background, even um, like the tissue salts would be fabulous to really support mum's body mm. to develop this extra nourishment for the baby and just to support the emotions and the balance of hormones that are happening. Like There's, there's just so much mm. going on. And I there can sometimes be a full stop after birth saying, well, now you've done it. But I don't think that's true. I think that's just, that's one stage. And now the next stage is really beginning. And the next stages can be really challenging for women. Absolutely. Um, I just thought up a new game as you were talking. (laughs) Can we play a little bit of homeopathy tennis? Just going back and (laughs) forth (laughs) of some other things that homeopathy can help with around the birth experience. And as you were talking, I just thought something that's not mentioned enough is actually miscarriage. Mm. So if there is a miscarriage, homeopathy can even help you to deliver 
the the baby naturally. So um, I have helped a few clients with that, and um, they have even used herbs and things to try to induce the the, the fetus naturally, and nothing mm-hmm. worked until we used the homeopathy, and then it was minutes, and then the contractions yeah. started, and they were able to deliver. But then homeopathy, as always, carries us even along because then it will help you with the grief and the loss mm. of having had that baby. And it's never going to suppress that feeling of grief and loss because we need to feel that. We mm. need to move through that. But it's just going to make you know that everything is going to be okay. Mm. So there's that part of it. So I'm going to hit the ball over your, to your courts. Have you got <laughs> any other, just any anything else that you think that homeopathy can help with, with pregnancy, birth and beyond? Um, yeah, miscarriage is a huge one and it isn't mm. talked about a lot because it's a little bit taboo for a lot of people. And mm. um, I think infertility is another taboo area. And it's not necessarily counted in with pregnancy because there are so many, it can be such a heightened um, emotional state Mm. um, to be going through that process. Mm -hmm. And I think infertility is, um, it seems to be on the rise. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's pretty devastating um, for people. And there's all sorts of contributing factors, which I won't go into, but... um, there are some really amazing um, things that homeopathy has been able to achieve. I've um, recently started looking at the Liz Lailer yes. um, fertility method. I'm interviewing her next week. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and I've used her system for a few years now with huge success. Oh, brilliant. She's got an 87% success rate with her protocol. I think that hey? is the most incredible thing. And what's even what's more incredible is the people who come and see her are usually the ones that have tried everything yeah. else so she is a last resort for them i know mm. and those results are just phenomenal like yeah you wouldn't get that with ivf like that's Mm-mm. just it's absolutely incredible so i just I, yeah i think um yeah the area i would um say that homeopathy can really support in that people don't really i don't think people think of it for infertility mm. because infertility there's quite a big business around IVF and infertility support in allopathic medicine. And um, I think people generally would come to homeopathy as a last resort, but it's amazing that that's the success rate as a last resort. Mm. I think that just brings so much hope to people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so something else I was thinking of is in the third trimester, and I learned this in a book, I think it was Dr. Ali Phillips's book, Kiss Your Dentist Goodbye, because your saliva changes in your mouth and your third trimester becomes more acidic. So it pulls the calcium from your teeth. And that's why often, you know, Mm. women will have lots of cavities in their teeth. And I love the tissue salt calc fluor for Mm. that. But as you were talking about the tissue salts before, I have to say, I usually just prescribe a combination of all 12 tissue salts for women all throughout pregnancy, because Mm. it helps with the fetus's development of their their teeth and their bone structure Mm. and everything else. But um, people might not think of homeopathy for their dental health to protect their teeth during pregnancy. Yeah. And a lot Mm. of women um, are nervous about going to the dentist when they're pregnant because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's true or not that you shouldn't go to the dentist. I've heard from dentists that you definitely should be going because of this uh, tendency for weaker teeth during pregnancy. My mm-hmm. um, my older sister, when she was pregnant, she lost a tooth for every child she had, I think. <laughs> yeah, but the, it's, it's a saying in Ireland that you do, the women lose a tooth for every child they have and my sister <laughs> proved that to be true. Oh, did she? Yeah, she's got beautiful uh, teeth though. Yeah. <laughs> they're all at the back, luckily. Okay. 
Um, just uh, trying to think of some other things that we can use for obviously milk supply. You know, if there was maybe a traumatic birth and you're having trouble getting the milk coming in, then homeopathy yeah. can certainly help you establish that supply. I'll hit the tennis ball over to you. Yeah, and um, <laughs> with milk supply as well, mastitis is huge mm. for um, new mums, especially first-time mums. It can definitely come with um, after the after your first child, but. Uh, mastitis is a big thing and a lot of that can be about being run down so the tissue salts mm-hmm. are also really great as a background support there are direct remedies that you can use as well uh, belladonna phytolacca they're all they're uh, two of the top ones but um yeah i think just when when they're the mom is feeling depleted and she's sort of giving everything um that extra support with the tissue salts is brilliant but mm. there's also for the baby once um once baby is earth side, then there's so many supports for teething and helping with sleep, settling them. Colic is a huge thing for the first 12 weeks um, that can really upset the family routine and um, cause a lot of distress if the baby's crying in pain. And, you you know, they can't tell you what's wrong, but they've got some sort of tummy issue. And um, there's so many great remedies that can support with that. Mm. And I was just thinking, uh, if the baby's born and it was quite a traumatic birth and uh, I've had clients said say my baby came out and it just looked shocked and it's mm. just had this shocked look on his face and we have homeopathic remedies to help remove that fright and that shock from that mm. baby's vital force so if it was a traumatic birth remember that there's remedies to not just help the mum but the baby as well I mean aconite is such a great remedy for fright yeah. and shock so maybe the baby wasn't breathing initially it had to be um, put on oxygen or there were some interventions oh my gosh and don't even talk about forceps you know some mums yeah. say about the baby's coming out and their head baby's head is bruised and swollen homeopathic Arnica is so amazing for that. Mm. And also the detox after birth. So mm. if there has been um, pain medicine used during birth, if there's been antibiotics given because the strep came back positive, whatever it is, those things can be detoxed as well. So that it, um, ideally you're detoxing beforehand, so you're going in as clear as possible. But also you may need to detox again afterwards. There could be a whole load of other things that that can then start um, looking like thrush. You know, the babies can get oral thrush and, you know, it just, it can have a cascade of effects if if Mm. you're not clearing these things, but it's so simple to clear them. I love where this interview is going because it's um, just exactly, you know, just what I think that our clients are going to need to hear. And I'm sure it will come across that both of us are passionate about baby's birth and beyond. I really need to trademark that. (laughs) But um, there's just homeopathy can really help a mum through all aspects of this, for sure. Um, I was just thinking during pregnancy, uh, if there has been any medications or vaccinations or something has happened and a mum's had to have um, medications, using homeopathics alongside, um, somebody just shared a, a PubMed article in our group just this week saying, that uh, the use of acetaminophen or, you know, Panadol over here Mm. is linked to increased chances of autism. So if you have had to use painkillers during pregnancy, you know, see your homeopath because we have remedies that can help that having, you know, a snowball effect from there. So if you're getting some prophylactic homeopathic treatment or like a homeopathic detox, um, then it's just going to help uh, stop problems further, further down the track. Yeah, and I think um, as we're talking here, like you, often as a homeopath, you would think, okay, these are the obvious things that homeopathy can help with. And like you were saying, not everyone knows all the things that homeopathy can help with. But I think we're in such a 
fortunate position because we don't diagnose, because we don't treat illnesses, we treat people with the expression of the symptoms they have. I think we're in such a beautiful position that no matter what kind of birth you've had, no matter what kind of um, fertility journey you've had, pregnancy journey or whatever it is, this is just specifically looking at pregnancy, but no matter what journey you've had to get you to this point, there is something homeopathy can offer to support you, whether it's clearing, whether it's building back, whether it's dealing with trauma from your birth, potentially, like often with fertility things, there can be a birth trauma from the mother or the father at that point, And that mm. might need to be cleared beforehand. But there's it, it kind of just offers this wide open book in front of people to say, there's something for you here, no mm. matter what it is, whatever experience you've had, whether it's the experience you wanted or not, there is something that homeopathy can offer. Mm-hmm. And it's just that's up to the homeopath and the client to figure out. Mm-hmm. I just have to add a couple more things in there that people might not have thought of. <laughs> and um, that is, you know, if you're not able to breastfeed your baby, maybe it was a, a baby that was adopted. So you mm-hmm. might not have established a milk um, milk flow. So the homeopathic remedy made from human breast milk mm. is actually really great. And Patricia Hatherley on a previous podcast was talking about how that can help to mature the gut and help with the immunity and also the skin and all that sort of stuff. So homeopathy can help with that. You can even, if you are breastfeeding, make a homeopathic remedy from your breast milk, mm. which you can use for your baby for when you're weaning um we even have the remedy made from oxytocin which is if there is issues with bonding between the Mm. mum and the baby we've got remedies to help with that yeah have you maybe got some cases from your clinic that you'd like to share sarah because i can see how this tennis can go on and on and on (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking i should probably stop at some stage (laughs) but um have you maybe got some cases from your clinic that you'd like to share with us um well so the other area that i um really enjoy working in um, is skin issues. Mm. Uh, As a child, I had psoriasis. It's in my family history. Um, There's dry skin on both sides of the family. And I remember being, um, I think I was 13, and um, I was scratching away at my face and I looked down and there was a lot of skin on the thing and on the um, table in front of me. And I thought, oh my goodness, how can how can this be my life? How can I have all of this all over my face? And um, it would it would come and go as a child, and it um, it didn't present as a major thing in my life. But when I was nineteen uh, and I had started studying homeopathy, I went to a homeopath and got it sorted. All mm. fine. It was amazing. It was just incredible experience, and it really drove me to want to help other people with. Um, skin issues eczema I love working with kids with eczema mm. um, and that the bowel no sods coming into that I just mm. supporting the gut through um yeah supporting the gut to help with the skin I just think is it's amazing to watch the response that the skin has to that um, mm. I was treating a boy recently um who was on he's three years old and since birth he's had eight rounds of antibiotics for his skin Um, he's covered head to toe in eczema and he was told that um, it's it's getting too serious and he's he may need to have a little bit of a hospital stay to look after him and so last ditch attempt they came and to try homeopathy and um, yeah put him on some supportive bowel nosodes and started looking after him and 
uh, you know, we get photo updates and the clarity in his skin, like it's not gone, it's improving. It's improving hugely. Like it's Mm. looking at the photos side by side, it's just incredible to see how they can respond and um, going from heavy um, steroid and antibiotic use Mm. to um, just using some supportive homeopathic remedies and a really basic um, natural cream. Like uh, I think they're using calendula. It's just, it's just so beautiful to see the skin clearing up like that. So I love working with children with that. They respond, they can respond so quickly. So it's really, um, it's really heartwarming to see that response. And you, you think, yeah, no, like it's, it's really helping. Oh, I, you can see me smiling and nodding my head because I have a case just like that of a little boy after his two-month vaccines mm. got covered in eczema from his head to his toes. Mm. And he came to see me when he was about four years old. And it has just, it, it's been hell for this family. They never even got to sleep because this child would scratch himself mm. to bleeding every single night for four years and we've had such an amazing result with him so quickly i mean pictures don't lie Mm. you have that picture there of this child with a shocking eczema you know picture a couple months later and the skin's looking so much better yeah so yeah homeopathy is amazing for skin conditions yeah yeah impressive with the psoriasis that you had such a good result with that as well because that can you know some people have that for their whole life like you know decades and then yeah homeopathy can help you don't need to suffer through it and so I do get flare-ups every now and then, and I know what my triggers are, but mm-hmm. I also know my remedy that helps support it. So if I can, if I can, if I take that right mm-hmm. at the beginning of a little flare-up, it'll mm-hmm. clear it. If I don't, Beautiful. sometimes I'm a lazy homeopath, I'm a lazy patient. <laughs> yes, we all are. <laughs> um, and I don't necessarily even think to take it, even mm. though it's sitting right there for me. If I don't, it, it takes a little bit longer to clear, but it's still the remedy. Once I take it, it'll clear it up. Beautiful. Mm. Have you got any other cases from your clinic that you wanted to share with us or anything else that you wanted to make sure that the listeners get before we close off? Um, I think I just wanted to share really how accessible homeopathy is. Um, I think there's there's been a lot of upheaval with um, the pandemic and how it has affected the way we work and the world and how we interact uh, one of the most amazing things that it's actually done is really connect people from all across the world um, online. I'd rather do it in person, but if if we can connect with more people, um, I'll take that option. And it's really changed my practice, the way I'm able to see people anywhere. So I'm no longer limited to location. I had never thought of practicing homeopathy um, over Zoom before, and I exclusively do that now. Um, because of the severe lockdown we're in in Victoria. Mm. And it's it's just been incredible. So when I first moved over here eight years ago, I I wasn't sure where the homeopathic community was. I wasn't, um, I didn't find it that easy to find homeopaths. And now I just, there's so many. It's really, really accessible. Mm. We can see people anywhere it doesn't mm. matter where you are in the world. We can find a time that works. Um, it's really great working um, within the Australian time zone because you can, you know, really have a good uh, work-life balance. But, um, yeah, it's just the accessibility of homeopathy is, it's really there. It, it mm. may not always be very well seen, but homeopathy is there and it's strong. So, mm. um, you know, it's not hard to find a homeopath right here mm. willing Excellent. to help. 
Excellent. Now for a little bit of fun at the end, <laughs> what are your top three homeopathic remedies for you personally that you can't live without and why? Um, Arnica is my absolute number one. Mm-hmm. Um, my family always joke that um, whenever they come to me with their ailments that I'll always prescribe Arnica, which is not <laughs> true, but they all, that's their little joke. Um, so Arnica is absolutely number one. I just, mm-hmm. I love that remedy. Um, and I think it's probably the most used in my house with little kids. Um, pulsatilla is huge in our house as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I really love Pulsatilla. Sometimes um, my siblings can think it's an insult if I tell them that they need pulsatilla because they think it means they're being a bit whiny. But um, we all seem to need pulsatilla at some point. It just, it knocks colds um, on the head Mm -hmm. a lot for us. We seem to be a very pulsatilla family. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think my third one would probably be sepia. I think Mm -hmm. since becoming a mum, that's really supported me an awful lot. I hadn't Mm -hmm. realised how useful it was for that sort of worn out state mm-hmm. and um, it I think it allows me to be a better mum because that yes. sort of crankiness and um, mm-hmm. low energy uh, can really be lifted with some sepia um, mm-hmm. so that that's really supported me and I've seen it supporting a lot of mums mm-hmm. so I, f- I find sepia brilliant. And I think especially with the lockdowns and families Mm. being in each other's faces the whole time, you know, and a lot of parents are responsible for their children's uh, education at the moment as well. So when you just like have had enough of your children who Mm -hmm. you love with all your heart, but you're like, it just cannot handle any more of any of them. You take a dose of sepia and suddenly that just Mm. falls away and you just become, you know, the mother that you want to be. So um, I have definitely had uh, some sepia moments as well. It's been a really great hormonal balancing remedy for me. And I'm finding um, there's a lot of NUX at the moment as well, NUX Mm. Vomica um, going around and uh, Kali Foss as well. Just Mm. a, a lot of that just over everything everything's Mm. just a bit overdone overworked overstressed Mm. nervous systems just Mm. um a bit fried at the moment Mm. for a lot of people there's been so much um worry and Mm. I think a lot of people in the fight or flight um mentality and that's really worn down nervous Mm. systems and uh, that's generally when you get sick is if your immune system is going to be down from all that extra cortisol floating around your body so it's, um, I've seen a lot of uh, Kali Foss and mm. Arsenicum and all those sort of anxiety mm. um, remedies being really supportive to keep people just a little bit calmer and at bay. Absolutely. Mm. It's extraordinary times, that's for sure. Mm. So, uh, Sarah, how do people get hold of you? Um, the easiest way probably is to get me on social media. So on Facebook and Instagram, I'm just at Sarah Scott Homeopathy. Um, or you can email me sarahscotthomeopathy at gmail.com Excellent, wonderful Thank you so much for your time, I really appreciate it and we're going to be hanging out lots in the future Brilliant, thank you for having me <laughs> See ya. Bye. Cheers, bye Hi homies, I'd like to invite you to come and join me at the Homeopathy Hangout Podcast Facebook group where we can discuss past episodes and you can help me decide on new content for the show Also be sure to check out my YouTube channel where you'll find my free Homeopathy at Home 30-minute introduction video, which is perfect for anyone completely new to homeopathy who's ready to take charge of their own health. Just search for Eugenie Kruger Homeopathy on YouTube. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can make a once-off 
$5 donation by visiting www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash hangout. Or if you'd like to make a monthly donation, you can visit www.patron.com podbean.com forward slash homeopathy hangout and if you're in australia and you'd like to purchase one of our beautiful homeopathic kits single remedies or one of our amazing combination remedies visit www.eugeniekruger.com where you can also sign up to our newsletter so you don't miss out on any special offers and if you're interested in advertising on our show please email info at eugeniekruger.com thanks so much for listening